Hello and welcome to Energy Extra Time for more unfiltered... Oh, that's another thing. Hello and welcome back to Energy <laughs> Extra Time for more engaged, unfiltered and analytical football debate from Scotland and the wider world of football. I'm Sean McGill and joining me first of all is Twitter's Cameron Monster. How are you, mate? Hi. Hi, I'm great. I'm is, great. How are you? Is your fame sort of calmed down yet? Absolutely. I'm straight back down to earth and an absolute nobody back on this show. Well, I hope you start acting like it because you've been piping up the last few days and I'm not a fan. <laughs> I just like annoying you, that's all. You, Being an very, arrogant you bite, you bite my easy. Thing. You bite easy. You bite very <laughs> easy. So it just has to be done. Somebody who I know wants to bring Cameron Wilson down a peg is Jack Donnelly. Uh, yeah. he, he's, been, he's just been getting a wee, a wee bit of a station, Sean. Do you not? It has to be. Where's this kid from? I've done anything to you. I've done nothing. I've done nothing. He piped up in the group chat. He did pipe up. Because he piped up at me the night before. Uh, the night before, you were sat there up all night thinking about it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that, that much of a delayed response, mate. <laughs> he's not, Sean, to be fair, he's not used to it. He's not used to going at people like me and you do, so it took him that long to actually come up with something. It's true. I'm a nice person. I am a yeah, nice me and Sean person. Yeah, are just arseholes, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Jamie McIntosh, are you an arsehole or are you a nice person? No, I'm a very nice person, I think. Yeah. I disagree. You would say that, though. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be a bit more self-aware, you know. No, I'm joking. I think you're all fine gentlemen and fine pundits to have on this podcast. And we'll start, as we always do, with the big shout. Jack, on you go. Right, I was struggling for this to be honest because I've kind of blocked out a lot of football. Like I just, I just don't know. I've not really been paying attention a lot, which is probably bad considering what I want to do for a living. But uh, I'm going to say, if Hyungman Son and Harry Kane did not play for Spurs, they would not be a top four team. They wouldn't even be a top six team. And I say that because I was looking at, the, I was looking at the squad that played against Fulham. Uh, in the one-one draw the other day, and I'm just looking through that team, and I think without Son and Kane, they don't score goals in that team. I mean, the team that played uh, Kane and Son, and Dombly, I don't actually think has completed a full ninety minutes for Spurs in his career, because Mourinho just hates him for whatever reason. Uh, Musa Sissoko at right wing, not convinced by that whatsoever. I mean, you had so- uh, not Son, Mura and Bale on the bench. Hoybiak, fair, he's actually been a really good signing for them. I think he's really performed well, but he doesn't really offer much attacking-wise. He just kind of covers the covers the defence. Harry Winks, I'm still convinced. I'm still to be convinced what he actually does on a football oh, pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Regulon's been good at left-back, uh, but then their centre-backs, Dyer and Sanchez, are very, very hit or miss, and Aurier is a bomb scare at the best times at right-back. Then Lloris is a is an all-right keeper, but I think his best years are definitely behind him now. And you've got players on the bench like Moura, who I said, he's just got bursts of ability, but he can't sustain it over a long period of time. Then Gareth Bale, who I thought would play a lot more, but the way he's kind of been managed and his impact, the, the lack of impact he's had, I think he's just finished at this point. So, yeah, that if, if Spurs were to lose Son, Kane, or potentially both, I don't think they would be up there with the title challengers at all. How much of a big shout is that though? Because if I went through the teams in the top or your usual top six teams and said, "I'll take out their two best players," how many would drop down? Do you know what I mean like if I don't know? Ah, so there's that, but at the same time, if they are to be a truly top team, like if they are to be a city or a Liverpool, you can take out the two best players, and they would have 
not equal replacements, but they mm. still have quality replacements at least to be able to fill in for where they go. I mean, City haven't been playing for a, with a striker for a few game weeks because uh, Aguero's been out and Jesus hasn't really been impressing. They've put De Bruyne in a false nine and they've been succeeding massively in the game against Chelsea. That was potentially the best performance of the season just for that half an hour. So, I mean, I don't know if... And then you can kind of argue that which two players at Liverpool are their best two players. Do you know what I mean? But they've lost lost all their centre-backs, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're yeah. still doing well. But if you, Man United are top of the league. If you take out one player out of that team, then they're absolutely horrendous. So... <laughs> <laughs> Ah, you're not wrong. Not wrong. No, I would. I was just kind of seeing it. Just the film result was kind of fresh in my mind, and I kind of mm. had a look at it and thought, well, it's been kind of throughout the entire season. It's been Harry Kane's been the best performing player in the league just because he's added so much to his game. I mean, he could probably take away that just like backing backing into folk and flipping them upside down. That would be probably something he'd want to cut out of his game. But he's probably been one of the highest performing players in the league this season, and I think. It's a it's a fairly kind of basic thing to say. I understand mm. that, but I don't know. I think it just kind of should be addressed because people have been saying a lot about Tottenham this season and what Jose Mourinho can do to a team. But I think if he doesn't have Son or Kane, then they're nowhere near where they are just now. That partnership's already like is it joint most goal contributions together already, or is it? Yeah, I think so. close to it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, they're about to overtake it if they haven't already, and it's not even it's even halfway through the season yet. Just about. Not yet, just as just we could. Just about, yeah. That is mental. Uh, Jamie. Can I, can I go next? Yeah, mine's is very similar. Very similar. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay, so cast your minds back to uh, October, let's let's say. Um, okay. Spurs, again, talking about Spurs. Spurs are flying high and Kane and Son booked, you know, unstoppable, as we've already highlighted. Um, they'd re-signed Gareth Bale uh, on loan. Um, from Madrid and everybody kind of thought that, you know, with the Spurs front three, they were they were going to play a huge part in the title race. And at the start of the season, it did look very promising for them. Um, but now, however, the reality is, is very different. They, last night, again, they failed to pick up three points. It was 1-1 against Fulham. And to be honest, towards the end of the game, Fulham were, were probably the better team and had a few good chances to actually sneak all three points. It's, it's fair to say that despite um, scoring more than 100 goals for, for Real Madrid and, and winning, I think, four Champions Leagues when he was in Spain. The fans didn't really like Bale um, and it kind of pretty quickly turned into a pretty toxic relationship between kind of the club, the player and the and the supporters. And when Spurs kind of managed to get him back, Bale said he was hungry and motivated, is what he said, to do well for the club that he said kind of is meant so much to him, Spurs. You know, it's where he kind of made his name, is what he said. But it hasn't really worked out, obviously. And so far... To be honest, he's he's done nothing really. Um, he's arriving back in London. He's contracted at the Bernabeu until twenty twenty two, I think. And by then, he'll be very close to turning thirty three. Um, so my big shout is that if Gareth Bale continues to struggle to find a place in what we've already said, apart from Kane and Son, it's a pretty average Spurs side. Um, he should seriously consider hanging up his boots before he starts to taint the reputation of his um, relatively illustrious career. Wow, so we've moved on from manager sackings. He want players to retire now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's uh, something he should consider if he continues to struggle in this in this Spurs team because you know as we've said they're, they're not really anything special if you take Kane and Son out of that team. I know he's kind of struggled with injuries and 
even just like you know mentally i'm sure that time in madrid with like the whole relationship with the fans and i can't have been a particularly pleasant experience for a player to kind of be so like unloved and unwanted by like like literally everybody in madrid um despite being you know, good like despite his... yeah exactly and that's the thing no that's the thing like you know as i say he's, he he had a very illustrious career over there you know scored over 100 goals won four champions leagues over there yeah, I, I don't know. It was such a such a strange one. So I'm guessing that's probably hit him pretty hard personally. And obviously, I, I think he's had a bit of bad kind of fortune with injuries and trying to stay fit and that. But you know, I was saying to my dad last night, like he's sitting on the bench, and I think the subs that that Spurs made last night were were pretty bizarre, to be honest. Like they brought Lamela on for for Winks and Vinicius on for Ndombele, but like you know, they only made two subs, and you know, they still got you know Bale sitting on the bench, even Lucas, you know, just. But you know they've still got Bale sitting on the bench, and you sort of think like, why the f- why did they sign him if he's just going to sit on the bench? Like you know they they made the subs with fifteen and ten minutes to go, so you know surely if you know he's maybe not fit enough to play ninety minutes, but you know surely he could come on for the last fifteen twenty minutes or something. Like I'm just sort of questioning why they signed him. Maybe he was tired from his cameo at Marine at the weekend. Might be <laughs> pretty draining that that sort of fixture. Uh, it's a shame about Gareth Bale. I quite like Gareth Bale. Um, yeah, no, definitely, it's sad. Especially when he was at like, his explosive best. I mean, I always think about that goal in the Copa del Rey final oh, against Barcelona where he's yeah. pushed out the pitch but still manages to get to the ball first. And you just can't imagine him doing anything like that. Like, physically, he just does it, like he seems incapable of replicating that sort of goal again. And it's a, a real shame for him. I, I wasn't convinced by the signing of Bale to Spurs. I thought the injuries might catch up with him. Obviously, they got even close to the player they had the first time round. It would be a great signing, but... I think if you paid attention to Bale in Madrid over the last couple of years, you'd seen that he really was struggling with injuries. So it would be nice to see him turn around, turn it around. I think, but I don't really see it happening. I I think he'd probably instead of retiring, he'd maybe like he was meant to go to China, wasn't he, last year? Maybe something like that in a less sort of uh, like demanding league. I don't know America or America, perhaps maybe Qatar, yeah, maybe something like that. I don't know, but just to get a final payday, don't not do too much. And uh, play some golf, probably. <laughs> Cameron, what's your big shout? Um, my big shout, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, because I've kind of just lost track of days at this point. Um, but PSG won the Super Cup, or Trophy des Champions, I think it's called over there. Don't know how to pronounce it. It'd be Marseille 2-1. And everyone's sitting on Twitter saying, oh, Pochettino, he's won his first trophy. No, he hasn't. Super Cups do not count. If you count Super Cups, mm. I do not rate you as a person. That's my big shot. It's literally got trophy in the name, Cameron. I don't care. I really don't care. A Super Cup isn't a trophy, and Pochettino can't go about saying he's won a trophy yet. It's one game. It's a one-off game. doesn't count. It's a friendly. I don't care. Surely can argue a final of any trophy is a one-off game, though. No, because you've played many, many games to get there. This is like the next season over from your past champion. I just don't get the idea of a Super Cup. But technically like, to win a Super Cup, you need to have You need won... to play a whole season. Yeah, that that whole sometimes season. doesn't happen, though, because sometimes it could be like a Premier League and FA Cup double, then second place fits in. Yeah, it's that like, would be more place... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They didn't do anything to get there. You've beaten a team that didn't even like qualify because you're that good. I just He's been there about two weeks and... He's winning this trophy and all that, and they celebrated like it was a Champions League final. I just, I don't rate Super Cups. That's my main point. It wasn't all just about PSG, just in general. <laughs> Super Cups, Queen of Shields, whatever you want to call them, useless. A waste. Yeah, why don't you there, say, but I actually agree with you. Yeah, I should <laughs> yeah, say, so I should also, <laughs> one thing I forgot to say is like, when it's a curtain raiser, 
I kind of don't mind. I know it's like a very funny for charity, like the Community Shield, it's not so bad, but this is getting played in the middle of January. Like, what's the point? What is the point of it? It's just useless. <laughs> Absolutely useless. I think one of the worst things Mourinho's ever done is when he was claiming that was a treble. Did oh, it? oh, mate. Oh. The like, least treble to ever treble. Makes honestly. me sick. Right, what it, was it? Community Shield, Carabao Cup and Europa League, I think? Europa yeah. League. That's <laughs> disgusting. Eh? That's, <laughs> oh, God. That's it's just shocking. not a treble. It's just never a treble. Uh, I don't mean to, like, I think saying you've won the League Cup and the Europa League is a perfectly, like, yeah, reasonable achievement to talk yeah. about, but the fact that you're including the community shield to make it a treble is genuinely like, embarrassing. Was it Liverpool in the early two thousands and Gerrard was just kicking about? I think they won League Cup, FA Cup, and UEFA Cup within like the week, like three weeks of each other, and like that was really momentous and that was a big treble for them at the time. But that's the FA Cup, not the community shield. That's no. that's not a trophy, man. I, I, it's just a glorified friendly, and mm. if they aren't getting rid of them. They can keep them, but just don't parade it about like it's an actual trophy. It's it's just not. Yeah, I think I agree with you. To be honest, I'm not. Thank you. I I don't like Super Cups either. Really, I've not actually seen the the scenes uh, from that game, but uh, I did see obviously Twitter going that it's taken two weeks for Pochettino. It must just be Spurs and their wee club mentality, which is funny to be honest. I don't know how many <laughs> how many people believe it. Like I think it probably is uh, just folk trying to wind Spurs yeah, fans up. But I I'm. I, I th- I'm fine with them being a thing, like because mm-hmm. they are, like you said, usually a curtain raiser. The Spanish one going to wherever that is, Saudi Arabia, yeah. Qatar, whatever, that can grow up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, yeah, Sp- that. that's ridiculous. <laughs> and they make it like a four-team tournament now with semi. Oh, get my life. And um, but as a wee one-off game, like the Community Shield's perfectly fine. Um, but if you take it seriously and think it's an actual trophy, then have a serious word for yourself. <laughs> I guess I'll give that a big shout now, which is that currently the best team in Europe is Atletico Madrid, and it's pretty comfortable. Um, I've watched a wee bit of them this year, sort of four or five games, and every time they've really impressed me. And it's weird seeing Atletico play without a, not in a 4-4-2. That's what we've come to know them under Simeone for the last however many years. And they moved to a back five as an interesting one, but it's really, 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 really worked. Um, I watched them... Uh, beat Sevilla 2-0 on, I don't know, Tuesday and um, they actually weren't at their best Uh, I've seen them play a lot better this season but they still looked pretty comfortable all but didn't have too many big saves to make and they've just got quality throughout that side I mean, Luis Suarez and João Felix is one of the best front twos, I think in European football at the moment Uh, Felix didn't play the game against Sevilla it was Correa who was up there instead Uh, Marcus Llorente has been a revelation. I mean, he sort of burst onto the scene with that double at Anfield in the Champions League. And now he just does everything. Like, he supports attacks, he comes back. And I think it might be more of an indictment on other teams in Europe. None of the English teams look particularly convincing this year. PSG have been a bit rocky. Bayern, obviously, are having their problems and got knocked out. Um, the DFB Pokal um, during the week there against a second division side. Mm-hmm. So they're really struggling after. We all imagine that they would kick on after the amazing... Uh, sort of 2020 they had so um, and obviously the two Spanish giants I mean Real Madrid are better than Barcelona but uh, even at that I don't think Real are particularly convincing this year we've seen them have some poor performances in the Champions League and I let's score just they're leading the way and I'm trying to get the table up because I forgot how far they, they are ahead but it's because it's Copa del Rey this weekend that I'm struggling um 
Ah, there it is. They're leading the way in La Liga by four points, and they've got two games in hand over nearest yes. challengers, Real Madrid. So win those two, and you've got a massive lead. So and I think they're st- are they they've lost the one game in La Liga this year. Yeah, against Real Madrid. Um, so I don't really think anyone really comes close to them at the moment. I think they'll see out that La Liga title, and I wouldn't want to come up against them in the Champions League at all at the moment either. So they really have kicked on this year. Yeah. Um, tell us, I, I don't see too much Spanish football as you know, so I'm sure I can listen to you as, as sort of gospel. So if you're saying they're that far ahead. That. Martin Braithwaite's the best player in the league. Oh, just as long as Griezmann's the worst. Um, <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> we'll not get into that. But you think that you have a chance at the Champions League? Do you think there's anyone that could actually stop them? Well, I do in like one off games, but I think, well, obviously, it'd be two legs and stuff, but I just think that. Um, like before, it's not going to beat Chelsea, I'll tell you that, in the round of 16. Good oh, aye. Yeah, they will beat them. <laughs> they really will. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break that. It'll be a horrible game, <laughs> but uh, we'll, they, they will win. They will win it. Um, I don't know. They, they, I think Atletico will get a bit of stick for being sort of defensive and not playing football. I think they do. And especially with mm-hmm. like players like Felix in there and Suarez isn't the same sort of big... I, I, I don't know. He is a huddy in like, the way that he <laughs> operates, but he's not like a... He's not built for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't look like a hoodie, but he kind of is. <laughs> um, and then obviously they've signed um, Mr. Dembele as well, which is oh, yeah. um, a yeah. great sort of uh, sort of replacement for Diego Costa. Quite a different player from Costa, but he is physical and he's always a goal threat, as he's shown at Leon and, of course, Celtic, first of all. So I think that's a good addition to the squad. Um, aye, and I, uh, before the season, you'd be like, you want to avoid Bayern at all costs, but I think now the team you're kind of like, Oh dear! If you get drawn against, is is Atletico Madrid? Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, it was yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. You really don't know. We'll move on now to the second ball. Kind of uh, different things to look at this week, considering there's not been a massive amount of football action. And I think we should talk a wee bit more about lower league football getting suspended, considering there's been a bit of outcry over it over the past couple of days. I mean, the SFA announced on Monday that. Um, everything below the championship in Scotland would be taking a three-week break, at least a three-week break. Um, Cameron, you're obviously at Berwick. You have your strong uh, feelings <laughs> about reconstruction and stuff like that. And I know that um, I saw some Berwick players tweeting about how unhappy they were with this decision. Uh, what do you think about leagues below the championship getting suspended? Yes, I, I totally I understand it because it's about the testing offense, about stopping the spread and whatnot, and they just simply cannot afford it. I do, I understand, it makes sense, but it's just heartbreaking because you know that three weeks is likely to just extend to more, like yep. every time there's been something like this, it's always been extended, and then it will lead to team leagues, especially like the Highland, if not the Lowland as well, sort of talking about null and void or ending the season early, which would just be awful, awful for the leagues. Um probably a game we'd get to see in League 2 not losing any teams so probably wouldn't be a playoff again um, and I feel bad for the teams in the third tier because especially the ones like your Partick's who have been relegated into Falkirk's who weren't promoted up when Rafe what were they a point ahead of them with about 10 games to go and yeah, got to point, they're yeah. still getting to play they're getting their money they're playing a good league with big teams in it like Hearts and such and then you've got Falkirk who are just languishing in the third tier nothing they can do totally out of their control and yet they're being punished for it again so yeah it's heartbreaking I'd say that I'm trying to take my anti-Falkirk hat off there 
because I'm really not a fan of that football club. <laughs> right, let's just imagine Falkirk for Kilmarnock, okay? Just put I'm, that in your mindset. I'm fuming. <laughs> exactly, there you go. The injustice of it all. Jamie, uh, <laughs> how do you look at it? Because Hearts were one of the few clubs in the Championship who were testing, if not the only, before this. And that's one of the leagues that's going to stay on. Were you sort of, did you ever think that the Championship could be dragged into this? And do you think it's right that the cut-off point is sort of where it is? I'm probably pleasantly surprised, um, mm. to be honest. I think, you know, going by the kind of reasons that they've stopped the kind of the, the lower leagues going down to the kind of even amateurs, but, um, you know, especially League One and League Two, you know, as you say, the the reason they've kind of stopped League One and League Two is because of the lack of testing. You know, there was the, the government received a lot of stick, I think, over the Scottish Cup weekend about kind of players travelling the, the length and, and breadth of the country untested um, to, to go and play football. And, you know, obviously this is kind of why they've stopped League 1 and League 2 is because they haven't been testing. And as you say, that Hearts are kind of one of the one of the few teams, I think, I don't actually know who's who's been testing in the Championship. Hearts are one of the few that have been testing in the Championship. And I did probably think that they could have easily got drawn into this. And to be honest, maybe try and lay off the conspiracy theories, but you know, I'm quite surprised that they didn't because I don't think it takes much for them to have a have a dig at Hearts. Now I'm not sure there's a, a particularly good relationship between the, the governing bodies and Hearts right now. So pleasantly surprised, probably that they've uh, they've left us out of this one for for now. But uh, we'll we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> I thought that I agree with you that over the weekend it seemed to get sort of heightened by the Scottish Cup, but I didn't really understand it because. Like, it's still what's been happening every weekend oh, granted you might be travelling a little bit like Highland League teams might be playing teams from the Central Belt or whatever but in League 1, League 2 Lowland League and Highland League teams have still been travelling around the country to play each other untested so I don't know why the Scottish Cup was a particular moment yeah. where people went oh this maybe we, maybe we shouldn't be doing this because <laughs> it's like well it's been the case for weeks now I mean I don't know what months now really uh, Jack what do, you, what do you make of it all because I you're obviously not got a sort of. A, oh, actually, yeah, I think I forgot about them. But, <laughs> Many do. A lot, a lot of people do. To be fair. Yeah. I, what do you think about the fact that? Um, do you think that maybe the money should have been distributed better back when this was all a problem to mean that teams outside the championship would be able to to test? I mean, that's one. I'm just. There's a lot of questions that I've kind of got about it. Just uh, mm. if it is. So say say the season does get null and voided for teams below the championship what happens in terms of who finishes last in the championship I mean because you would have to argue that if Hearts or Dundee would end up at the top of the championship if that season plays out as normal they would want promotion they would want that to still go ahead but surely then you would still have you, you couldn't have one team going up from the championship and then not not have anyone get relegated surely because it, it, it wouldn't, it, would that be fair realistically <laughs> I hate if only, if only somebody had come up with a, a a plan to try and resolve all of this in the summer, eh? Mm-hmm. God, that's that's what my It's nuts that nobody foreseen something like this happening. You know, it was uh, just baffles me. You know, if only, <laughs> so if only. better. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy makes a good point, and also it's it's with people like I don't know. Certain clubs are in League One and League Two are moaning about this decision, saying they think it's unfair. But these are the same chairman who shut up shop over the summer because they were too scared about having less money and all that sort of stuff. Like you can't now go 
oh, like we want to all work together. We want to be seen as one sort of body, including they're including the non-league clubs in that as well because there's sort of like a campaign. It's the same has happened to them, and now they're feel like being that. But before it was complete self-interest and not wanting anything to do with it because they didn't want to have a, a slightly smaller slice of the pie or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I mean. Scottish football is a laugh in that, but sometimes you're just like, this is an absolute joke. Uh, on the decision... Sorry. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 you just go ahead, you go ahead. I was going to say, on the decision, I actually do agree with it. If testing isn't going to be a possibility, which it isn't for a lot of clubs, and unless that was going to be made available to them by the, relative, uh, the relevant bodies, I don't think you... It just felt weird. Like, I would go to a boiry game and measures were exemplary. There was no sort of social distancing, everything was fantastic, but it still just felt weird being around that many people in the current climate that we're in. Like, there's just something that, like, didn't quite feel right about that. Um, And I think if you can't test players, which they can't, then it does make sense. I do hope it's only three weeks, but like Cameron said, you don't really know. Um, We'll move on now to the the next point, which kind of linked. Some people in uh, the sort of lower reaches of the football pyramid are blaming a certain Celtic football club for this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do we think that Celtic's trip to Dubai oh. had anything to do with this decision? That's just not fair because Celtic are the most hard done by by this whole pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't think we should be piling on. Um, no, really. I, I don't think they're entirely to blame, but let's be honest. What what the fuck were they thinking? Just in general. Mm. like. It's pure stupidity, just like the people in the SPFL, just like the people in the government around the world, everyone basically, they're idiots, absolute idiots, and yeah, they're, they're stupid <laughs> you just actions. just everyone in the world an idiot. <laughs> yes, I did. Everyone. <laughs> no, everyone that like Coven, just how it's happened. Celtic have just, their actions paint a bad look, and it just allows people like politicians to just pile in and go, oh, this is shocking, look at what footballers do, and it's not, it's just the people in charge at Celtic being fools and um, paints a bad light on us and it does it and then it is likely contributed to the decision that lower league football should be suspended and stricter restrictions and I don't know I, I'm just a little bit fed up of it all to be quite honest Yeah I'm not sure that how much the decision played in a, a part in it but I do think the apology is funny uh, what, did you, what, did, what did we make of it? Uh, it, it, was the, it was the almost uh, necessary from the Celtic point of view. We are a world class football club. <laughs> yeah. that got me like that. Just, wasn't needed in, in terms yeah. of the, the content of the response. It was just bad, wasn't it? There's not really any other word. It's just bad. So it's just a class like, oh, we made a mistake, but we are brilliant. So <laughs> who cares? You know? <laughs> We're outstanding. So just just forget about it. We'll move on. Next week's news, please. <laughs> Some justification for it, because, like when he was saying that. Um, well, one of the reasons we wanted to go to Dubai because. We've been so successful doing that the last few years. It was like, do you think that's like a reasonable defence? Like, I know, yeah. We went on a really good run uh, after we went to Dubai last year. We thought we'd do it again. I mean, I know there's a lot going on, but we just really fancied picking our form back up. Like, those sort of travel corridors for elite athletes are meant to be really for competition. Like, they exist so you can play in the Europa League. So, I don't know, other athletes like gymnasts or whatever can go and do world and European championships, wherever. It's not so they can go to Dubai and use their world-class facilities. Like, just shut up. (laughs) Yeah, I think the the, the response was, like, you you sort of highlighted there. It was like he was was answering questions of, like, 
oh, well, we're not asking you why you went to Dubai, Peter. We're asking you why you went to Dubai now. Yeah. Not yeah. there's you know we know why you went to Dubai. We know it was successful before. We're asking why you thought it was a good idea now. Yeah. And that's the technical inspiration to grasp from Matt that. Hancock's kind of guide to how to answer a direct question. <laughs> just, yeah. Just danced around the subject completely. It was laughable. I would love to see Piers Morgan versus Peter Law. <laughs> Can we get that involved? I, I, I like that. Um, aye, and how do we feel about um, the point that Cameron made that Celtic are the hardest done by by this pandemic? Oh, you know, I, I think um, no. I'm going to try and say something like clever. Yeah, nah. Well, you know, you could argue, but no, you can't really. You can't. They still spent a lot of money on uh, in the transfer window, and I, I read this morning that I believe they've put their under. 18 players on furlough, which is uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, they're paying however many thousands of pounds to go to Dubai. I, yeah. I think it was great. Graham said yesterday they just spent more money on a trip to Dubai than most clubs will, in Scotland will spend in a year. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Actually, this will uh, work as a, a kind of a, a wee segue, which I know Jack will be a fan of, but um, after the postponement of Levy versus Aberdeen last night, David Martindale was talking about Celtic because he's due to, to play them, let uh, Levy say, play them on Saturday. Mm. And um, he was sort of saying, like, even if you look at that uh, Celtic squad that played against Hibs, he said he, evaluated, he sort of took down time and worked out what the value roughly of that squad would be. And he said that still that team that played against Hibs was about £60 million. And he was like, £60 million could run my club for 60 years. And he's right. Like, it's, yeah. In fact, I do even think that Celtic are the most... When they still... like To be fair to Celtic fans, have not been given the most praise this season, but they still ploughed in season ticket money this year when you're not in the stadium at all. Do you know I mean? Like, they've put in a lot of money because it was their 10 in a, a row season and just a complete top to bottom. Celtic have been an absolute mess this year. It is funny, but it's also annoying. Like, it's just, <laughs> as much as I'm enjoying it... When the whole Dubai stuff is is just infuriating because who, who like is is who do you think you are, isn't it? It's like why do you think yeah. that you're so much more? Yeah, so entitled. Yeah. And Who'd be a Celtic fan, eh? God, it must be just so difficult. <laughs> I generally would hate to be a Celtic fan. I would ask Drew how it feels to be. A <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate to be a Rangers fan. I just think being an old firm fan doesn't actually sound that fun. It's um, a bit boring, eh? I, I wouldn't enjoy it's, it. It's, it's, it's more fun supporting you. a Diddy team. Everyone <laughs> hates you if you're an old firm fan. There's not one other person that likes you. That's true. Just... You'd always be worrying. I, I, the actual nervousness of supporting one of those two teams would just would kill me. Like, I, having that expectation upon you every single time you got on the pitch. I'd much rather support Hearts knowing that we're probably going to fuck it. Like, yeah. it's much that's better. Like, yeah, I know we're pish, but like, yeah, exactly. that's like, it's an win, extra it's bonus. A, it's a happy when you surprise, win. to be honest. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. we did alright today. <laughs> oh, so true. It's constant. I'm living off like former players because any t- any time that we do well, it's like oh, I was Alan Forrest. It's like I saw Shankland score that goal for the United against St George. That was oh, buzzing. Right. <laughs> so I was like, that fits my agenda perfectly. <laughs> Speaking oh, just to say, talking agendas, Callum Patterson scored at the weekend. Get up, yes. Oh, dear. Again? slags me for him. Yeah, he is the best <laughs> player. He is the best player in England. Simple as that. <laughs> he's, on, he's, on, he's on fire. He is. He better be the first name at the Euros. First name, first on, the name on the team sheet. Yep. Right, Sean, have you calmed down to Cabriol? 
Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that Euros do get cancelled now because I've been that. Why have you said that? Why have you said because that? See if you said that and it happens, I'm blaming you. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> what did get cancelled was Livingston versus Aberdeen last night, and I'm a massive fan of that. Um, <laughs> Three in a row. <laughs> you know, you're excited, you get to cover a Premiership game of football, a, a Premiership game between third versus fifth, uh, the most informed team in the country. Maybe not actually, there's Rangers, but still. Um, Rangers drawn recently, I don't know. Um, and it's a great game. It's been cancelled a week before, but the weather's looking all right. Drive through to Livingston. It's a wee bit rainy, but it's all right. Get there at about 7 o'clock for a 7.45 kick-off. I'm just sat there, sort of, tweeting away, doing my wee, my wee post to show about the game. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone all looking at Sean at a Premiership game, or what? <laughs> And then I do all that, and then... I can see people sweeping the pitch and there's a lot of water on that pitch, but they're, they're getting it off. The man with the brush is getting it all on. We're fine. <laughs> One then, man with a brush for the whole pitch. No, I'm, the pitch. no I'm joking. There was two. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then... sort of looking at the clock. I'm like, that's weird that no one's came out yet. And then, and then I see Stephen McLean doing his runs up and down the park and I was like, oh, he's just... Maybe wants to get his fitness up before the game, Stephen McLean. I don't know. And then... Gets closer to the ball. <laughs> gets closer to quarter two, and I'm like, "Oh, that's that's strange. It's still nobody's out yet." And then I can see over the far side of the pitch that the ref and his assistants, Martin Dale McInnes, are in a huddle, and you can sort of tell by uh, Martin Dale's body language that he's trying to sort of get, he's trying to argue something, he's trying to get some point across. And uh, this conversation goes on for a while. I think Martin Dale turns out was trying to just start the game and see what happens, but. Turns out that um, Stephen McLean had called the game off. Got called off ten minutes after the game was meant to start, which is brilliant. Um, so you've got a bunch of journalists standing there, absolutely freezing, um, for a game that wasn't going to happen. Um, so yeah, that was great. I looked like an idiot. Um, that, like Jack said, that's three games in a row, Livy Aberdeen, and then also I think Abbott fault for the coronavirus outbreak at Kilmarnock um, that stopped the Motherwell game. <laughs> so <laughs> me and the Premiership, I give up on the Premiership. It's done. <laughs> um, and uh, it was good that the manager still came over and spoke, and Stephen McLean as well, which is weird, sort of. Um, that he came. I don't see that a lot, do you? I, no. I thought that was cool. That's really good. It was, was good of him to be just, fair. Yeah. Um, he spoke really like I don't know, um, almost like a politician. Like he was really sort of uh, concise in his answers, and then when. He was asked, did you want the game to go ahead? Were you keen to get played? And he just took a really big pause. Like it was generally about five seconds sort of thinking of what he was going to say here. You know when a, a politician gets asked a dodgy question? Like, uh, he was like, um, well, the players can sit, uh, express concern to me. So, and then sort of like dodged the question. But It's not really the same as a politician dodging a question because that's the entire country at state when a politician's dodging a question. It's well, it was... 22, 22 bodies on a pitch. Did you waste... want to go ahead? Aye, but it was dangerous, so called it off. It's not just 22 bodies on the pitch, it's me wasting my evening. Oh, I sorry, and Sean McGill. Aye, of course, it's him. really should have ah, thought about that. As well. He's staring daggers at Stephen McLean. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen McLean's that referee who gave three red cards in the one game to Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was fuming. I was like, he's got a problem with me. Um, I don't know, did we think that, what did we, how did we view this one of, of a game? Getting called off on a an inverted commas all weather pitch. Mm. Great. Well, I mean, 
the, the plastic pitches don't um well see this is is it an all weather pitch though no, nah, I don't. I, I don't know who's going to call it that. To be honest, what like, does who, that? What does that mean? What is? What's the difference between literally? Artificial... There could be wildfire. That pitch could be <laughs> <laughs> a blaze, and it's all weather. So play on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand the sort of definition. I think yeah. you could probably say of an all weather pitch. I don't understand what that means. Um. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's. I was pretty, I wasn't angry. It makes no difference to me, but I think it was when that SOPs called off last night, I was thinking, for God's sake, like any chance, like you can, I, like, I don't even know who I was sort of blaming and like actually talking to when I'm saying like, oh, any mm. chance you can, you know, just organize like something properly. It just seems like another really bad cock up. But then sort of I heard like Stephen McLean came over and explained it all and was sort of like fronting up to it and saying that like the, he spoke to, you know, you said in your article that like he spoke to a few of the players and like sort of the experienced ones and asked for their thoughts on that. So it wasn't like he just went and done it himself. Yeah. It was like it seemed to be like a con- a consensus of this is maybe not a good idea to go and to go and do this. So to be honest, yeah, like as long as the players were, you know, happy with it, and you know, in particular the kind of Aberdeen ones who probably travelled travelled a bit further to, to get to the stadium but you know as long as those kind of guys were, were alright with it then you know it, it doesn't doesn't really bother me too much mm-hmm. Yeah, but so, it, the fixture still... congestion oh, no. the fixture congestion is going to be a problem because obviously I know they're struggling for, for game weeks as well so I don't know when they'll find time to put that one in when you go Cameron uh, I was just going to ask was it still like chucking it down when the decision was made? Was it still I, I wasn't chucking it down it just was like it wasn't, yeah, it was like... It, it wasn't rain but it wasn't quite sleep but it was like somewhere in between like it was like i don't know that sounds stupid but it was <laughs> the weather was it wasn't great and right. and Stephen McLean made the point as well that well people were saying earlier pitch inspection like you should have foreseen this but mm. to be fair like the weather had been fine most of the day yeah and uh, no, I, have, I have no qualms about that it's just more like could not just wait like an extra 10 minutes if you're already 10 minutes late mm. why not just try again 10 minutes later see if the rain stops clear yeah, pitch like, McKenna that said that, that uh, he did discuss that but apparently the forecast was that it was to stay to get worse to uh, yeah, to stay yeah. how it was or uh, the pitch wasn't getting better is what McKenna said so if it wasn't playable now then it wasn't going to be playable in 15 minutes or half an hour or whatever so that's fair enough then just one of those but get it right up me basically I think <laughs> quite a lot of my pals had a very good time at that like they just you thought it was for the, the rescheduled game again I mean we'll see well, it depends what it is depends if Rose are back playing and I'll, I'll make jinx it we'll see but alright we'll, we'll give it a shot we'll move on now to see it out Jackie you excited? no Going, you should be. I'm never excited. Oh no! Why have you said that? No, I'm joking. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who this favours actually, because we're all sort of the same age, roughly. Cameron's a bit older, but shut up. <laughs> Jesus, that was venomous, man. Good God. And there's actually 20 answers to this one, but I don't think you'll get them all. So okay. what I've done here is the gender transfer window is of course open. And we've spoken before about world record transfer fees, but I'm thinking. How much do we know about Scottish transfers? So, in front of me, I have the top 10 transfer fees paid in Scotland. So, a player who has come to a Scottish club. And the top 10 transfer fees received. So, a player being purchased from a Scottish club. 
and I would like you to give me anybody on either of those lists. So I've got 20 answers. Okay. And you've got like to think, that. who's been spending the big bucks? Who was who commanded the big bucks? And I'll go, who will I go? Jack can go first, because he needs all the help he can get. <laughs> and then Jamie, and then Cameron's making nice. it last for the last few weeks, so. <laughs> Jack. So I, I either received or paid? Yep, so the top 10 transfer fees received for a, Scot- uh, for a player playing in Scotland... And the top ten transfer fees paid by a club in Scotland for. And this a is just well, you made the point about January that it's, it doesn't have to be. Just because the transfer window's open again. Right. Okay. That's fine. Uh, I'll go Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney is top of the transfer fees received list. Twenty five million pounds for from Arsenal. Jamie. Uh, Craig Gordon. There we go. Oh, I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> Nine million pounds Sunderland paid for the Hearts. Actually, Tierney and Gordon. I don't know anyone else. Um, <laughs> I know one fee that was massive back in the day. And I still feel like it was quite a commanding fee. I could get knocked out first round here, by the way. But uh, Tori Andrew Flo to the Rangers. Sure. That is the record transfer fee paid for by a Scottish club. Oh, there we go. Twelve ah, million pounds for Tori Andrew Flo from Love. Chelsea to Rangers. Two of Britain's most loved clubs. <laughs> Her <laughs> Majesty's government. <laughs> uh, he's, 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 I think we mentioned him once already in this uh, podcast. Moussa Dembele. Second highest on fees received. £19.7 million Leon paid for the Celtic striker. Uh, Fraser Forster. He is also on that list. Ten million Southampton paid for him in two thousand and fourteen. Six, seven years since. Forty-five year old. Um, Ryan nice. Kent. Ryan Kent is six million. Where is he? Eight million, I think. Roughly. Yeah, oh, yeah. seven. I think was seven. <laughs> seven. Yeah, he's. Joint... I'm a side camera. We're fine. Joint <laughs> third. <laughs> I just couldn't find them. But joint third on that list of fees paid. I think I'm right in saying Celtic sold Dembele and then paid a decent amount to get Edward in to replace him, so I'll go with Edward. Nine million beans for Hudson Edward. Why have you said it like that? <laughs> Seems weird. Does it? You made it weird. <laughs> Fair enough, aye. <laughs> uh, has anyone said Van Dyke? No. 11.5 million. I didn't know it was that much. Really? Why did I think they got him like dirt cheap? Because wait, you're wait, an idiot. This... Oh, wait, sorry. The... Is this for Celtic Bayern oh. or Southampton Bayern? Southampton Bayern. Southampton ah, Bayern. My bad. My bad. I thought it was Celtic Bayern. My bad. I'm trying to give anyone who appears in the last twice, but they don't. So that's all right. Um, I'm honestly kind of screwed. I can't think of anyone. Um, There's a few oh. more that I'd probably expect people to get. And then you're sort of going into oh, educating this, this guy honestly could have went for a tree, tree transfer. Free transfer, sorry. Free um, transfer. Free transfer. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he may have been quite a bit of money as well. Right, I trust him more than other ones. And uh, what about Wanyama going from Celtic? £12.5 million. Pounds. He's started oh, nice, nice. the list. Glad I took the risk. So I think we've wiped out the Celtic Southampton... Uh, partnership yeah which really <laughs> got you quite a long way to be fair uh, big 
hoops upside your head, Julian. Yeah, surely. That's his given name. Seven million pounds as well. Yep, on the list. Even though he's a wee bit nervous. Sticking with Celtic and going a bit further back. I'm going to say Aidan McGeady to Moscow. Absolute monster. (laughs) (laughs) You monster, Jamie. Monster. I was going to say something worse, but... <laughs> 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 £9.5 million for Aidan McGeady back in 2010. He is on the list. Um, I have two in my head, right? I have two. These are both Celtic now. captains. I know they both got bought for a few mil each, I think. Oh. I don't know. Um, right, fuck, I, I don't have anyone else. Um, Neil Lennon from Leicester to Celtic. They paid a pretty penny for him. I didn't think anyone was going to get that one. Neil Lennon. Is he on it? Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, he's on is, it. I knew they paid a bit for him. Is, I remember seeing that a while ago and going, oh my God, they actually paid that for him. <laughs> he's joint ninth in the transfer fees oh. paid for £5.75 million. Pounds. Nice. Right. I'm out after this one though, because if he's on it, then the next one isn't. So I'm just trying to think. I'm I'm generally just trying to go just who have Celtic bought because they kind of have. There's not too many names left, really. One, two, three. Chris Sutton. Shout. Great shout. I think he'll be on it. Jack. Yeah, mate. He's on the list. Six million pounds. Oh. Jack and I am very, that. very Willie McIntosh right now, gents. I can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's Jamie. It's, it's me. It's Jamie. If, uh, if Chris Sutton was on the way, I think Chris Sutton was cheaper ever so slightly, maybe. I'm going to say John Hartson because I think they were very similar in price. You think? I think Hartson was a wee bit more. That John Hartson cost more than Chris Sutton? I think so. John Hartson costs the same as Chris Sutton. Six million pounds. He's also on the list. Back to Cameron. Not very many, and I don't have a tiebreaker. The re on that list, and one, two, three, six answers remaining. It may just be a case of who gets that. Cameron seems to be done dirty by going last, but I don't mind. Oh, I don't know. He's definitely not on it. Um, I'm just trying to think of any player Celtic or Rangers may have sold for quite a bit of money. Who would they sold when they went bust? <coughs> they got what money for that? <laughs> I can't remember who played for Rangers back then, right? I don't care. It's definitely wrong because it was less than Neil Lennon. Uh, Scott Brown. Nah. You're out, unfortunately, coming in. Scott Brown is not on either list. Bummer. Right, my heart's racing because I'm out first. <laughs> Go on, Jimmy! <laughs> I, I think I've got one more. I think I've got, I've got two. Ooh. Oof. Mikel Arteta. Yeah, that's on. From Barcelona to I, think that's, I think that could be right. Jack. Yeah, mate. Your heart was racing. You're in the final two of a seat out. You've never won it before. This is true. 
And you're still in the game. Uh, 5.8 million pounds. Ah! <laughs> right, well, it wasn't my one. And we were speaking about Rangers when they were struggling for finances. And one of the players that I think they offloaded around about a wee bit earlier than that. Um, Scotland's second best fullback behind Callum Patterson. I'm going to say Alan Hutton. Yeah. Alan that's, Hutton. That's, a good that's an interesting answer. Interesting because Tottenham Hotspur actually paid £9 million for yeah. Alan Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought it was more. <laughs> but yes, that is a correct answer. And now he's a struggler. I don't know. You uh, got, I'm looking at it. You've got four left. Uh, is it four shots? Three, I think. Oh, I'm on Wikipedia. I see four unless I've missed a name that's been said. Oh, so do I, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if you get any of these, I suspect. <laughs> I am very suspect of any. Yes. I'm going to have to come up with a tiebreaker. Yeah, come up with a tiebreaker. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to go back as far as I can in, ter- in terms of, like, the kind of bigger names that would would have left Celtic Rangers like, from back. How far does it go back? When we were Wayne's. Can you tell oh, us? Um, it'd be fair to say the nineties. This uh, mm, kind of. There's one mm-hmm. one transfer in the very late nineties, and the rest are sort of early two thousands. Right. Okay. I'm gonna throw a name. Out. I'm gonna throw a name out. You throw a name out, Jack. Well, I <sighs> look for another. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> look for a potential. <laughs> Giovanni von Bronckhorst. Oh shit! <laughs> that was I, I was. That's why I'd asked when was it? Because if Flo was in it, I think Van Bronckhorst is in it. Is in it? He's in it. I think if. Oh, oh. Shit. Here we go, Jamie. If you get any of these, that's outstanding. Jamie, Jamie, please. I think I'm, Jamie, I'm done. Please, Jamie, I've not won it. I think I'm done. Jamie, check your messages. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Oh, the tension in here for Jack. Jack Donnelly's on the cusp of his first ever see it out win. I'm chucking my headphones off and everything. I'm done. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Oh. I think he's. I think he's done it. I can't. Van oh. Bronckhorst was was the one that I had. I'm just trying to think of that team because that Rangers team I think had quite a lot of kind of talent under advocate, and I, you know, I know even. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like even like the '98 Cup final and that. Like who was playing for for that Rangers team then? That might have might have gone for money, but I think he's uh, I think he's done it. I think Van Pronkhorst has has stolen it for him. Uh, we can't have it on a on a concede. I, I know. I know. Chuck something. It needs to. There needs to be some sort of attention. It needs to be something. Jack can't just be handed on it. I don't have an answer. I'm not. I'm not having that. Yeah, yeah. I am going to have to piss you though unfortunately those are the rules so <laughs> yeah I'll sound so sad I would I'd, I'd honestly love to give you another two hours but unfortunately I can't <laughs> I'd love to send you oh, a Wikipedia nah. screenshot Jamie but you know rules are rules I'm happy for you Jack it's really not happened yet it's really not happy. happened yet yeah that's true it's not, it's not happened yet has it Alan Johnson no idea the boyhood dream 
has come to oh, <laughs> We're on the board, boys! Come on! Oh, this streak is and over. And just like that, you're down a bit of patter. Excellent. <laughs> this show has made its name on this, and now we're going to do. You've got nothing. I've ruined it. I've got, I've got nothing left. Oh, um, how many did we miss? Three. Just the three. So um, the one that you missed on the fees received was Jean Alain Boomsong. Boomsong. Nah, I £8 million. Pounds Newcastle paid for him. And you're missing two off of the received Eyal Berkovic. Uh, West Ham to Celtic for 5.75. And number five on the thing was Michael Ball. Um, 6.5 from Everton to Rangers but unfortunately I've got to say congratulations <sighs> to Jack you. Donnelly Thank for actually much. winning a game of See It Out what would you like I to say please make your victory speech victory speech well this will probably be the last time I ever play this quiz I don't care about percentages of uh, wins I don't care about statistics all I care about is the fact that I've managed one win in, in the year because I think what, what was it? what was the agreement the other the other week, that are we doing them by season or are we doing them all time? Just all time. Well, well no, I'm on the update. board at least for all time, so yeah. that that's all I can ask for. And even when I'm long gone after next year, when I end up leaving university, my name will still be there on, on the leaderboard with at least one victory. I say at least. Yeah, well, I wouldn't push the boat too much, Jack. I think that. <laughs> yeah. Is anyone else only won once? I don't um, know. Maybe Taylor? Taylor's won a couple, I think. I'm thinking Taylor Struan because I know Jamie's won it a couple of times. Graham and Amy are prolific. Jamie's three. Graham's only three or four, and then Amy's probably three or four now as well, actually. Absolutely embarrassing because of the amount of times me and Cameron play. Uh, You're there every week. It's more me. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be in the bottom half. I will be in the bottom half. I've won about two, and I play about eight. I play every two week, every second week, so yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll finish off now with our preview of the weekend and game of the week. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we'll have the same game of the week. Um, You'd be surprised, maybe. Would that? Maybe. Well, Cameron's not going to surprise me because he's very vanilla. Invested. So. <laughs> Excuse me, I've actually got written down one that it's not the one you'd think, but I've also written underneath, but really it is Manchester United <laughs> Liverpool, so <laughs> but I put Motherwell Rangers because I think that'd be a good game because it's Graham Alexander's coming in and Rangers, it'll be amazing to see if they somehow manage to slip up, so but yeah, really it's Man U Liverpool in it. Go on then, Jack, surprise me. Inter Milan versus Juventus. There we <laughs> go. <laughs> I, I I just I've got more interest in that because I feel like Man United Liverpool obviously it's Premier League and it's a lot closer to home. But we've kind of been speaking a fair bit in the last couple of weeks about how interesting the title race is getting in Italy. So I think that's going to be a big game, not even for those two teams, but for AC Milan as well. If they kind of best result for them would be probably a draw because mm-hmm. then they could just extend their uh, points total at the top without really any any problems. So I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on that one. I probably won't watch it because I don't have access to Italian Italian football on the channels that the family have, or me and the family have opted for, but I think I'll pay, pay a good bit of attention to that one. I think it clashes with some NFL playoffs, so I'm quite conflicted. Oh, okay. It might have to be a laptop TV job on, on ah, Sunday night. Like that. 
What about yourself, Jimmy? I don't really know, to be honest. I'm very reluctant to pick Manchester United and Liverpool. Um, I'm just thinking, having a wee, having a wee flick through the games now to see if there's anything in the uh, anything in the kind of lower leagues um, jumping out. But obviously, in Scotland, they've all been called off now. So, Hibs Kelly. Um, quite like Rafe Inverness. I think that should be a half decent game. Two uh, two relatively even teams. Um, I always kind of like to try and plump for a Scottish one. Uh, I quite like the look of Leicester Southampton if it if it goes ahead. I think there was rumours that that may actually get cancelled, but. Uh, Leicester. I'll go with Leicester Southampton. Right, so the casting votes with me again. Uh, I would like to be in there and go into Juventus, but I feel like I've pushed the Serie A agenda quite a lot over the last couple of weeks. So I do think that, although it might not be a great game, I'm very interested in Man United versus Liverpool. So that is going to be the energy extra time game of the week. How do we see that one going? Do people have strong opinions? Because it's the best away record in England by some way against the best home record in England so something's got to give unless it's a two draw. all <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah two all two all that's what you said that two all draw that's what I think as well if you want to hear a full breakdown of the game itself you can, you can listen to the Fantasy Rabble tomorrow yeah oh, there we go got that in there like that plug thank you Jamie, are you, you going to come on tomorrow, Sean? You said because you're actually playing your wild card this week, I think. Well, I've just been forced into it. I said I might, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to say no. No live on things. air. No, I'm not. Um, is this a good week to play it? Is that is that how it works? Oh, double game week, yeah, double definitely, hundred percent. Right, okay, I will play my wild card. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I love it. Does that wait? Is that for one week, or does it change my team permanently? Oh no, permanently. that's to change your team permanently. Unlimited transfers cool. for that week. Oh, is free hit the one where you change it just for one week? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I know my terminology, man. Me, I do read your messages and roll my eyes, but I still listen. <laughs> so I will see how what the analysis is like on uh, Fantasy Ramble tomorrow. I don't know. We'll, we'll work that one out, and and um, you can keep an eye on socials for that. Um, and the football roundup will be out on Monday to um, review all the weekend's action. It should be another exciting weekend to look back upon. I've been Sean McGill. Thank you very much to Cameron Monsell, Jack Donnelly, Jack Donnelly, we're see it out when. Woo! And Jamie McIntosh. For That's going to sound great in the audio. That's not going to be a spike at all. <laughs> Definitely not. Thank you for listening to this episode, episode of Energy Extra Time. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ENRG extra time check out the website there's been lots of fantastic content going up we're ramping it up this year 2021 is going to be the best year in energy sport history maybe one day I'll get to write a match sport or premiership game maybe I won't we'll see we'll see stay tuned for that (laughs) thanks again and we'll see you again soon